you have your Bibles and want to open them to Exodus chapter 16, your smartphones or tablets, or part, part of it will be up on the screen uh, this morning. You know, that pop is not designed to wake you up, but I know it does that. Um, and we've been working on it. We had electricians in, we've pulled wires, we've uh, connected boxes, we've done a whole pile of things. We still, uh, we thought we had it. Apparently not. So uh, uh, back to the drawing board on that. Sorry about that, people. We'll, we will continue to work on that. Uh, we're midway through our series on Exodus, and this morning I want to take a look at when God provides. Now, I, I've seen God provide so many ways. Um, in my first year of ministry, I was struggling whether I should be there or not. And this little old lady in the church came up and said, Pastor Brent, God told me to give this to you. She handed me an envelope, and in it was $100. And it was one of those things where I knew that that was a message from God for me to persevere and continue. Uh, there was time when, oh, things were hard and needed care for my kids. God provided. So a time when, oh, I needed encouragement. God provided just the right person at the right time. Or times when I needed perspective. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times when I needed perspective. And time after time, God either provided the space or the people uh, to help bring that perspective. There's so many times that we needed money for different ministries. God stepped up and he provided. I know many of you can say the same thing. If you look back over your uh, your faith history. I bet there are times in your story where you can say, yeah, I can see where God provided there. I've heard over the years how God had provided jobs or money or groceries um, or wisdom. God provides. In fact, that's one of the names of God, Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. And I, I, I know that about God, and many of you know that about God, Many of us have experienced that time, that experience that time after time, and yet sometimes when the future is uncertain and we're not sure what's going to happen, we're prone to ask, is God going to come through? My guess is that you've been there too. In those times, it's really helpful to know the ways of God. So we're going to walk through the story, and I want to point out the ways of God to you. Come with me to Exodus chapter 16, I, and I hope that you'll see in this how God will provide for you. Now when we come to the story, what you need to know is that the people had lived in Egypt for 400 years, and while they lived in Egypt, they were agriculturally based. If you read the text close, closely, you could see that they had their own animals, they had their own gardens, they had their own land. Yes, they were slaves, and yes, they built monuments for the pharaohs, but they were also farmers. But now God had led them into the wilderness. They're continually on the moon, move. They don't have access to their gardens anymore. And as we get to Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 tells us that they had been in the wilderness for a month now. And uh, the reserves that they had brought out of Egypt... Well, they were gone, and they were really, really hungry. Verse 2. The whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. 
If only the Lord would have killed us back in Egypt, they said, they moaned. They, there we sat around, pots filled with meat, and ate all the bread we wanted, but now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Now, these are people who were camping out in the middle of the wilderness, and they were not happy campers. Um, it, it would be better if we died in Egypt, they said. Moses and Aaron, it's your fault, they said. Remember for a month that God had led them with a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. God had brought them to where they are now, but even though God had led them, they still ran out of provisions. The lack of provision is not necessarily a sign that you have missed God's leading. It could be a sign that he's calling you to a deeper faith. Now, when trouble hits, the Israelites do what we often do. It's a leadership problem, they said. Moses and Aaron, it's your fault, they said. Verse 8, halfway through the verse. He, the Lord, this is what Moses is saying, he, the Lord, has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You're not grumbling against us, but grumbling against the Lord. Moses tells the people, God is going to provide. He's heard your grumbling. And I know you're grumbling about me, but it is God who has led us here. Really, you're grumbling against God. I find it interesting that God does not chastise them for grumbling in this story. Moses scolds them, but God does not. Now later on, if you follow the story through Exodus, you're going to see God scold, or God convict, would be a better word, uh, the Israelites for their grumbling. But here, the people are just getting to know the ways of God. They've just seen God provide a way through the Red Sea. They have seen him lead by a cloud, but they have not seen him provide all that often. Here's the thing. The longer you journey with God, the more he's going to call you to stop grumbling and trust him to provide. The longer you journey with God, the more he's going to call you to stop grumbling and trust him to provide. If you've been journeying with Jesus for a short while, he's going to teach you that he provides. If you've been journeying with Jesus for a long time, his expectations is that you're going to skip the grumbling stage. So, and as we read the story, and many of you know the story, God is going to provide by sending them manna. The word manna is... What is that? That's the literal meaning of the word manna, because that's the people looked at the ground, and there was this substance on the ground, and they asked Moses, what is that? And it was, uh, Moses says, it's, it's a bread sent from heaven, and so they would tr retrieve the bread off the ground. Um, but here's what I want you to note. The people had been on the road for a month before the manna started. God's provision doesn't start until his people are all out of provision. It wasn't until they came to the end of their own resources that God started to provide 
his resources. I've noticed that that seems to be one of the ways of God. God still does that as well. Often it's not until we get to the point where God is all we have that we find that God is all we need. Often, though, he comes through in very unexpected ways. You know, there's nothing wrong with an agricultural lifestyle where you store up for times in the future. Jesus was really clear to explain that if your faith is in your storehouse, that's a problem. But, uh, you know, there's nothing, if you're willing to sacrifice your, your soul to get that storehouse, that's a problem. But handled properly, there's nothing wrong with storing for the future. And in some ways, what you've stored is God's provision to you. But sometimes life happens. Sometimes we get on the road of life and things don't turn out the way we would expect them to. And it's not until you come to the end of your resources that you experience the supernatural provision of God. I realize when, when I talk about provision that most of us, our mind goes to money. And I know there are some here who need God to come through on your finances. And I'll trust that you'll find that God is all you need. Um, the church in the other parts of the world uh, seem to learn this lesson a lot quicker than we do. I've traveled to parts of the world where there is no social safety net, and people come to the end of themselves much faster, and there's a reason why faith is often bigger in poorer countries. When God is all you have, your only choice is to depend on him. And they often find that God is all they need. But my experience is that in this country, finances is one of the things we need to provide, we need God to provide, but we live in a world where many people experience loneliness and we need God to provide. Many people experience grief and we need to, God to provide comfort. We live in a world where so many people go through trauma and we need God to provide healing. We live in a world where we get bad news from doctors, where people experience relational pain and hurt. We live in a world where anxiety and fear is huge, and in all those places, we, we need God to provide. In all those places, we need God to come through. But often, God does not provide till we run out of our own provision. He lets us go our own way, do our own thing, read all the self-help books you want. And you just try to pull yourself up over your bootstraps. And then when you say, God, don't know what to do anymore, he steps in and does what we could not otherwise do. I wish it were different, right? I bet you do too if you're in that place. I wish God didn't wait to the last minute or the last second or when we feel ourselves falling. But it seems to be that way. Part of the journey of faith is to learn to trust in God rather than our own ingenuity. Often God does not provide until we run out of provision. Well, back to the text, verse 4. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. And I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instruction. On the sixth day when they gather food and when they prepare it, they, there will be twice as much as usual. So God tells Moses, listen, I'm, I'm going to provide for my people, but there's going to be a test in this provision. Now, in our world, a test is given so that the instructor will know how much the student knows, right? But what if the instructor already knows how much the student knows? Then what's the purpose of the test? Well, God already knows how much we trust, how much we know. So in this case, the test is given so that the student would know how much he knows. God knows everything. He knows our level of faith. But he puts us to the test. He puts them to the test so that they would know how much they know. God says, I'm, I'm going to give them each day enough food for that day. It, it's kind of like going to a buffet, right? You can eat all you want, you just can't take a doggy bag home. You, you got it? That's, that, that's what he's saying. And uh, now remember, these people are farmers. They're used to storing up for the future. To live from day to day was really stressful because their security had always been in their cupboard, always been in their barn, always been in their herd. At least it's stressful until you learn to trust the person who's providing every day. God's purpose in developing trust is that our trust turns into knowing who God is. Now, if you were to read ahead in the uh, uh, book of Exodus, you're going to find that the Israelites wandered around the desert for a couple of years. Each day in those next couple of years, they would collect manna. Do you think after a year in the wilderness that they're going to be stressed out? Oh, I wonder if there's going to be manna this morning. No, of course not, because they've seen it day after day after day, God's provided, right? But here at the start, oh, this is the first thing. I, I bread, I'm really hungry. I, 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 I need bread. Wow, this tastes really good. I'm really glad. Um, I want to uh, store it up. God says, gather what you need for each day. And before the Sabbath day, gather twice as much that you can rest on the Sabbath day. Verse 16. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. Those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had what it needed. There are seasons where God only allows you to get what you need and just what you need. That doesn't happen in every season, but there are times. It doesn't matter what you try. You have enough for the day, 
and that's all you have. You try to get ahead, but it doesn't seem you can. You have to trust God for today, and he's only going to give you enough for today. It was not God's intention to leave the people of Israel in the wilderness all their lives. Now, they did take the long way around, and it took them three years to get to the border uh, of the Promised Land. When they entered the Promised Land, they, they would no longer need manna. They could go back to agriculture, to cropping in seasons and storing up for what they needed. But in this period, he was helping people to trust him, providing day by day. There are some of you who are on this journey with God. He's teaching you that lesson. It's important that you understand the lesson. Because if we don't get it, if we don't get the lesson to trust, we seem to have to do the same lesson over and over again. If you know the story of Exodus, the people of God got to the edge of the promised land, and even though God tells them to go in and possess the land, they say, the opposition's too strong, we can't do it. They didn't really learn the lesson that God can provide. God can provide what you need when you need it. God would provide the strength to meet their enemies. God would provide the victory. They hadn't, didn't quite get it. Because they didn't learn the lesson, most of them had to live their whole lives uh, living hand to mouth in the wilderness rather than trusting God uh, with the risk that he asked them to take. The idea that God will provide what you need when you need it is not just an Old Testament idea. How did Jesus teach us to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. This lesson from the manna was so important that Jesus included it in his prayer for his church. And we repeat it often. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, God gave the people a test. Collect what you need, and only what you need for today. Don't store up anything for tomorrow. And the test was given to show them their own hearts, verse 19. Then Moses told them, do not keep anything until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some until morning. But, when, but by then it was full of maggots and it had a terrible smell. And Moses was very angry with them. There were some of them who just couldn't overcome that tendency to store up things. So they tried to store up manna, and it didn't work, and it felt, smelled really bad. Uh, it went bad. Maggots, yuck. Lord was trying to teach his people to trust him daily. He was also trying to teach them to follow what he says, obedience. There were some of them who tried to take it into their own hands, and it didn't work. Here's the thing. When God is trying to teach you something, it's really helpful to learn what he's trying to teach you. And the only way to do that is to be obedient to what you know to do. They were to gather enough for today, not for tomorrow. Uh, for tomorrow. You know, Moses was really angry at them for doing this. Uh, it doesn't say anything about God's emotions. And Moses' emotions and God's emotions are not the same thing. I think God was quite satisfied with the natural consequences of their action. Maggots, yuck, right? God's a teacher. He's patient, except it seems with stubbornness. Verse 21. 
So after the people gathered food, morning by morning, each family according to its need, and as the sun became hot, the flakes that they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commands you. Tomorrow will be a, a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil or as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning. And just as Moses had commanded, and in the morning the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or, or odor. Moses said, eat this food today for it's a Sabbath day. Dedicated to the Lord, there will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyways on the seventh day, but they found no food. Lessons of God's provision are almost always accompanied by another lesson. By accompanying the way to learn to live in God. Here he's teaching them about Sabbath. Now I want you to remember, this story comes before the Ten Commandments are given. The Sabbath is not enshrined in law. It's not some rule to be obeyed, other than it's wired into creation. So we were built in such a way that, that it's best that if you have a day off. But even if you have to work harder on the sixth day, on the six days, to have a day off is a good thing. It's God's gift to you, is what verse 29 says. Here's what I've noticed. If you are in one of those seasons when God is giving you just what you need, but not more than your need, where he's choosing to, to urge you to trust him, there is almost always a parallel lesson that he wants to teach you. Some of you are learning that God will provide, but you need to learn to manage your, your money. Some of you are learning that God gives you enough time to do what he, he's called you to do, but he's teaching you about managing your time and your energy and not doing what you're not called to do. Some of you have learned that God will provide peace for you, but you need to live in a rhythm with God and in your life and in this world. Almost every time God teaches you about his provision, he'll teach you about something else as well. There are some of you who are here today and God wants to teach you about his provision. He is teaching you about his provision. I know it's nerve-wracking and it is at least until you learn to trust him. If you trust him now, then my guess is that next year won't be so near so nerve-wracking. There are some of you who've, who have learned to trust him with some parts of your lives, but not other. And God wants to teach you about trusting him with that part as well. There are some of you who feel like you're being tested. This is not what God needs to know about you. It's about what you need to know about yourself and learning to turn yourself over to God. I think you'll find that God's going to lead us as a church into trusting him uh, with what we need in the next couple of years. question is, will we trust him together? How about you? What are the provisions you need right now? What are the challenges you face? Are you willing to trust God? 
God provides. See, the lack of provision isn't necessarily a sign that you've missed God's leading. Lack of provision is just a sign that you need to trust God deeper. He wants to develop your faith. The longer that you journey with him, when you hit those seasons, the longer he'll say, you've got to stop grumbling. You've got to stop complaining. You've got to lean into trusting. Um, but his provisions often don't start until yours come to an end. Often what you're going through is a, a season that, where he tests you, and so you know who you are and who he is. In addition, in addition to teaching you about his provisions, he will probably want to teach you about something else as well. Learn the lessons. If you need provision, know that God has your best in mind. How did I know that? Well, where all of us need provision was that we were dead in our transgressions and sin. There's nothing that we could do to pay off the debt we owe God. There's nothing that we could do to make ourselves alive. There's nothing we could do to get to God and enter into a relationship with God. So what does God do? He provides. He provides through his son Jesus, who came and who died and took our sins upon himself, that we might know his righteousness, his goodness. And he provided a way that we could enter into a relationship with God and know God and walk with God. It was our deepest need, and it was God's greatest provision. So I want you to know that God has provided, that he is providing, and that he will provide. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time when we reflect on your provision. Lord, I know that there's times in life where we're, our faith is stretched. I pray for those who are going through that time right now. I ask, Lord, that you would give them a great faith would rise up in them. I pray, Lord, for, for those who need to see your provision in different ways. I pray, Lord, that they would see you come through. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.